nutrition and lifestyle transformation coach. I'm the founder and CEO of Never Settle Lifestyle, a company created to guide you in the pursuit of becoming the best version of yourself through the complete wellness of your body, mind, and soul. I am here to journey along with you as you transform your life and no longer settle for less than what you are truly capable of. I'll show you how to finally take a stand for maintaining your life balance while performing at an elite level with grace and ease. I'll share with you the methodology of habit and change psychology that has changed my life and the lives of so many others. Together, we'll commit to the relentless pursuit of progress, all the while not taking life too seriously. Here we revolutionize your resilience as you begin to get comfortable with adversity. Welcome to the Never Settle Lifestyle Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome to today's episode. So today's episode features Alyssa Cooper. She is an integrative health practitioner. She's an astrologer, and she's also an intuitive guide. Can you find the common thread here? So it's so funny. She's actually local um, nearby me, and I just stumbled upon her through a mutual friend. And as soon as I dug into her Instagram, I was like, oh my gosh, this woman and I are so similar. We're so on the same page about so many things. I have to have her on the show. So she specializes in working with women surrounding their core wounds, their inner child, stress processing, nervous system regulation, and relationships. We have a really juicy conversation. So we go into astrology and how understanding your personal natal chart is very empowering in getting to know yourself, helping you heal and progress along your journey. We also go into the stress cycle, what it is, how to navigate it. We talk about inner child healing, the healing process in general, and ultimately how to live your best life. So I know that you guys are going to really enjoy this today. You'll want a notebook because there's some really good info um, that we share here. So stick around and I hope you enjoy today's episode. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the show. Welcome, Alyssa Cooper. Hi. Hi. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. I'm so stoked to have you. So um, we're going to, Lord knows where this conversation is going to go, but you and I have so many similarities, I think, in how we operate. Um, probably in our personal lives. And, you know, you and I have both embarked on our healing journeys and been able to use that to help other people. So that being said, tell us all about you. Give us a bit on your background. Tell us what you do and anything in between. Yeah. Oh man, this could be a long, a long little, you know, tangent, but I 
think I should probably start with the fact that I got married when I was 19. Um, my ex-husband was in the Marine Corps. So we did the like young marriage, um, had both of our babies really young, 20 and 23. In between my two kids, I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism. So at the time I was about 22 when I was diagnosed, diagnosed with that, just ran in my family. I'm like, oh, medication forever is just the way that it is. And went on with my life by the time I was 28. And right when I hit my Saturn return, whew, it rocked my world, rocked my world. Um, the same time I was starting to seek more understanding as to why like the medication I had been on for five plus years wasn't doing anything. I wasn't feeling any better. Um, so very symptomatic with thyroid problems. I also went through my divorce and that was just, I mean, flipped my world upside down. It was just everything that I never thought my life would be. It was just all of a sudden becoming. And right in that same time frame, I met my now husband, who is a registered dietitian and exercise physiologist. And our two worlds just like collided. And I just dove into this holistic healing space of understanding everything about myself. And it just, it really was just, you know, some people Saturn returns aren't like too wild. Mine was like, by definition, every single thing that could have happened pretty much happened. It was insane. Um, and that really was like this catalyst for understanding myself and understanding my health and, and really diving into all of that, the spiritual world of everything to kind of like throw like a weird tangent in there. I was actually born on Halloween. Um, and so my whole life, I really just suppressed this, like, obviously it's a man-made holiday and we all know that, but really just pushed down that like scorpionic vibes that I have. And I have four other planets in Scorpio too. Some very, very like intuitive and witchy and deep and all of those things. But, you know, in our society, that's, that's really been like weird. <laughs> so when I dove into my healing journey and getting to know myself and, and really all of that, I just started to embrace it little by little. Um, and then, you know, fast forward to 2021, I was like, I, I have to really put this information into the world. I had a, a fairly large following from working in the network marketing space for, several years, about eight years. I'm no longer in that space. I've been out of there for about a year and a half, but had a pretty big following. So started just like putting it out there. And I went back to school and became an integrative health practitioner, started working with women. And over the past year, I've let that work really transform into, you know, obviously the protocols and all of those important things in nutrition and supplements and all of that. But I also started incorporating my into my intuitive gifts and astrology and all of that. And so now I work with women one-on-one -on -one to understand our mindsets and our trauma and our stress and breath work and meditation and journaling. And really a lot of it is pattern reading, um, and, and doing that. So I talk to my clients once a week and we kind of go through like, you know, the things that come up and how it relates to their past. And is that like still, um, serving you and, and where are all these things coming from? And then that's how we heal. So that's the like long and short of how I ended up here, but it's really fun. My husband and I, um, do a lot of this work together. It is a huge foundation of our relationship. We do a lot of Tantra work. We do a lot of tarot and astrology, all the things were like very witchy fun over here. So yeah, that's kind of the long and short of it. <laughs>
Oh my gosh. I love that your husband is so involved in it. How fun. That is so incredible. My husband and I joke because we're, we're kind of opposites. He's an engineer. He's very, um, you know, much an intellectual. And so we challenge each other because I'll bring out more of that creative part of him. And then he'll bring out more of that intellectual part of me. And, but it goes well together. We just, it's, it's like harmonious. So that's, but that's so cool that you guys are able to share this. And it's very much sounds like the yin to the yang with what he does and what you do. So that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It's uh, sometimes very challenging, <laughs> you know, at times when one person's going through it and we're like, I mean, really going through it. It's me at the moment. <laughs> and so really going through it. And the other person is trying to hold space and go through their own thing and then still stay connected. And we have two kids and we have like all of these things going on. Um, but truly like without him pushing me, I don't know that I ever would have gotten to the space that I'm at now. He's definitely my rock. He's, he's really good for those things. I love it. And it's so funny too. I was, I don't know if you've listened to much of my story, but I was also married. I was married previously at age 20 and then got divorced at 25 and girl that Saturn return it gives us what we need so um let's go into your astrology tell us a little bit if you want to share about your chart if you want to go into a Saturn return and what that is for anybody that might not know yeah so I'm a just like my big three I'm a Scorpio sun I'm a Sagittarius moon which is really fun with this new moon that just happened um, depending on when you're listening to this, of course. And then I am an Aries rising. So those three, when I started to really dive into astrology, and I should also preface this by saying I kept it very like quiet for a long time. I started studying everything and learning everything. And I was like, I cannot tell anybody about this. People are going to think I'm so weird. <laughs> like, I cannot. Um, and so when I really started understanding we are so much more than our sun signs. Like everybody knows their sun sign. Um, you know, we grew up as a millennial. I grew up reading, you know, Cosmo and like looking for my horoscope and wanting to understand me. Um, but then when I really started diving, like I said, the sun, moon and rising was the first place that I started. And I quickly realized that our moon signs hold so much more info than our sun signs usually do. And like, I tell all of my clients, anytime I do just, even just like a one-off birth chart reading or my private clients, I tell them all the time, like, you really want to know something about somebody understand their moon. Um, I wish more people knew that. So when I started to understand that I was like, oh, so like this optimistic travel, fun, freedom seeking type of person, like I cannot be locked down into anything. Like I have to have variety and change. And that's how I ended up in the career that I'm in. Like I have to call the shots. I love to travel. And once I understood that, cause you know, my whole life, I'm like, I know this part of me, but that doesn't really match with a Scorpio. Like, what is that? Um, so that was really fun. And then understanding my Aries rising when I got that, I was like, oh my gosh, like very comfortable being like the leader and do it. It's how I multiple businesses and just like forefront center stage, like let's go. Um, so when I really understood those things together, it gave me this deeper understanding of myself to then be able to like, it's like a permission slip. And that's why I love astrology. It's this permission slip to be able to do exactly what feels right to you and, and understand that. And so um, I'll get to the Saturn return in a minute, but when I really started researching and, and diving into and learning and taking courses and, you know, working with mentors and all of the things in astrology, I 
just intuitively knew that it was this, you know, our souls chose all of this, the exact moment, the exact place, the exact parents in the season that our parents were in, we chose all of it. So that snapshot of the sky in the moment that we were born is just simply that. And so when we dig into these different areas and our houses and our transits and all of the things that would take us three hours to cover all of the details. But when I really look at that, again, it holds so much information about, you know, where our struggles were maybe or where our healing is, you know, Chiron is a big one right now that I'm digging into and understanding our Chiron placements and all of that goodness. So when I started to put all those pieces together and I heard about a Saturn return, I was like, why is everybody talking about this? Like, what is this thing? And it's essentially just Saturn quite literally returning to the place in the sky that it was the time that you were born. And so Saturn, you know, really has a lot of rule over things like boundaries and really just projecting us into you know, who we are. We, if we're lucky, we have three in our lives, but they happen about every 28 to 30 ish years, give or take. Um, and so when it comes back into that place in the sky, a lot of people find that it just shakes things up for them. Some people, like I find clients, they're like, oh yeah, I got married and I'm still married and everything's great. Or I started a business and now that business is flourishing. And I'm like, yes, like, I love that for you. Um, and then there are people like me, and, you know, and who go through this Saturn return and like, I actually, I don't know if it was like legit, but I calculated the exact date of my Saturn return to see if there was such a thing. And I wish I was making this up. This blew my mind. It was the exact date that I signed my divorce papers. I know. I know. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> so yeah, that Saturn return, the way that I explain it to just make, I like making astrology very simple. And so I think of it as, you know, the first 28 years of your life, you are born with into these parents, into the society, into this, all this indoctrination and all this programming. And you go, you know, go to school. And sometimes we go to college and we do all these things that we think we're supposed to do based off of what, again, parents, society, media, all the things tell us. And then we get to this point where that energy shift happens and we're like, I don't want any of this. Like people sometimes quit their jobs that they went to college for. Maybe they sell houses and start traveling or they completely change careers or, you know, go through divorces or whatever. Or some people start relationships with a whole new person or they get married and they said they would never get married and all these cool things happen. Um, and so for me, it was the huge shake that was like, you know, me as my soul is really craving this deeper connection to, to self and to people and to all of these things. And now that I understand my chart, I have multiple placements in my chart that just scream, like I should be coaching women. I should be working with women. I should be talking to them about their health and about motherhood and all of that. But if you would have told me that when I was 28, I would have been like, absolutely not. <laughs> nope. So yeah, I really am just so fascinated by those different transits and the different things that are in our charts and the way that this stuff shakes us up. And then I give people the permission slip to say that thing that you know, and your soul is calling you towards is not a coincidence. And like, here's the proof. You know, I have a lot of Capricorn um, in my 10th house. I think I have three planets in Capricorn in 10th house. That's all career and Capricorn being very grounded, system oriented. I sometimes need a lot of like, I'm, I always joke, I'm like woo woo, but like need some science to back it up. <laughs> like I like both. Um, and that's all that Scorpio and all that Capricorn. You put that together, like it's out there and it's, you know, grounded. So I like to put 
understanding to those things. Why am I like this? Why do I crave this? Here's the reason why. And then it's like, you know, validates that. And that's usually what a lot of my clients leave our session saying, like, thank you. Like this is validation that the thing that I'm thinking or feeling, I can trust that. And so that's how, that's kind of how that works. Ah, I love it. You guys know I geek out about astrology like crazy. And for my listeners that aren't, you know, privy to it, or they're curious and just learning, hang with us, you know, it'll, it'll open, open up and be explained over time. Obviously reach out to one of us if you want even deeper information, but oh my gosh, I totally relate to what you're saying with needing the practicality and the science to back it up and having that woo woo side of yourself. So I have, I have a Sagittarius rising. I have a Leo moon and a Taurus sun. And the bulk of my first house, which if you guys aren't familiar, that is the house of the self, um, is a bulk of that is in Capricorn. And I have three planets in Capricorn and my Saturn as well is in that first house. So that's where my Saturn return popped off. So it was like just a absolute death of my past self. And it was so painful, but ultimately what I needed. It was like, all of a sudden somebody ripped the veil off of my eyes and was like, here's how it's always been. Here's the potential of what you can become. What are you going to do about it? And it was like this child almost needing to grow up. So, oh my gosh, how powerful and how appropriate that you have this stellium, meaning, you know, a lot of planets in one sign for those that don't know. In your Scorpio, given the fact that you help people transform, you help people with that shedding of the past self and like stepping into their power and potential. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's taken me some time to embrace it because I, you know, the, the trauma and the programming from childhood and, you know, even sometimes I even think that like my divorce was more traumatizing than my childhood at times. Like it was so much. Um, but as I really started to identify that and like for anybody listening who, you know, may experience this, I explain it to my clients as, you know, when you take that deep breath and you can't get past that last notch in your, and you feel it so heavy in your chest, that's what a lot of personal work felt like to me. Like I, I was going to suffocate if I went into it and I was so scared and I was like, what even is this? And understanding myself and sitting with my inner child and all of that, it felt like I was going to suffocate. And so it took me, gosh, probably four years to really go through that, um, that Saturn return energy and to, to really embrace what I was meant to do. And I think the beautiful thing about this type of work is you know, and I don't know if I've ever really heard too many people talk about this, but it, it's just as much for us as it is for them. (laughs) Like, like we, the moments that I'm sitting with clients and I'm holding space, I'm like, sometimes I'll say things and I'm like, I think I needed that for me. Like, or, you know, this is really something that I'm drawn to, or they teach me things. And so as we're having that conversation, it's so healing but it is, it's death and rebirth and death and rebirth over and over and over again. And it's just, it's fun. It's fun when you get to the point when you can say, okay, like I see, I understand. And that's what I'm always telling like newest clients is that when you really dive into this work, it feels like you're dying. Like it is 
so painful. But then you get to this point where it's like, it's just a dance with the universe. And it's this really cool thing where everything you see is a way to teach you something. And it's just little points that are like, Hey, you know, this thing needs to be worked through. You're ready for this. I always tell my clients that it's, you know, the universe hands it to you on a golden silver platter, whatever color you want it to be. And it's like, here, here's the thing you're ready for. And let's dive into this thing. If you just have awareness enough to pay attention and yeah, that's all of my Scorpio talking. I'm like, let's dive into it and let's get like juicy and deep and intuitive. And like, who needs small talk? Let me tell me about your trauma. <laughs> like, tell me about all your patterns. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll share something that's very revealing in that my moon is in my eighth house. So if you guys don't know, the eighth house is ruled by Scorpio. And I, yeah, I mean, if you guys are new listeners, you'll soon find out I like to go deep. I want to talk about all the things that people are not talking about. Like, let's go there. And the world needs it, you know, because people like you that are willing to go there and go so deep are likely giving people the things that they've always needed to hear. But most of the time, what people can't A, articulate or B, don't have the guts to actually tell them, you know, um, for their highest good. So, ah, uh, how beautiful that that plays so well with what you do. Yeah. It's, um, again, like I said, it was something that I, it took me some time to be brave enough to do that because there was, you know, all of my trauma and my programming and, you know, there it's actually really funny. And one of the things that I've heard routinely, so I'm a birth doula on top of all of the oh. other things that I am. So I've worked in birth work for 11 years. I don't actively practice right now because my kids are super busy, but, um, I've worked in birth work for a long time. I've, you know, worked in, in this space and I've done a lot of different things, personal training, all the things. Um, and I've heard over and over again from, you know, family members, well intentioned, I would assume, but say things like, you're not a doctor, like you don't know. And I would be like, but the induction around Christmas is not like all these things. Right. And so there was this part of me that was like, who do I think I am going deep and intuitive with people if I'm not like, if I don't have this like certificate on my wall that says like qualified to be an intuit. <laughs> like what, what, that's not even a thing. Um, but when I just started doing it for myself and listening to my own intuition and I saw the way that it transformed my life. I was like, I am doing people such a disservice to not tell them the things that I intuitively feel when we're talking. And it has transformed my own personal work, their work, the way that my clients have seen results. And, you know, now it's just been such a cool catalyst for being able to say like, yes, we have all of these tangible things that we can do. We can do your diet. We can do exercise. We can do all of this supplements and testing and yada, yada, yada. But let's dive into like this juicy part of you. What I'm hearing is, you know, you have this pattern and have, you know, how does that feel and relate to your now? And sometimes they're like, I would have never thought of that. And I'm like, yes, like that's where all of the work comes together. And it's just, oh, I get so fired up. It's so fun. Ah, I love it. Okay. I want to go into, I want to circle back in a moment to how you use inner child work, what it even is. But before we dive into that, tell us what your intuitive gifts look like. How do you take 
you know, a client through their process and use that intuition throughout. And like, how does it show up in your life too? Yeah. It's, um, my intuitive gifts are very much a deep, deep knowing. Like when I'm actually, I don't think you can, I'm like touching my heart and my belly as I'm speaking because I can physically feel it. And it's a channeling process that just opens up when I'm really in it. If I'm clear and grounded and really in this process, somebody like a client will say something and I will just have this deep, deep knowing. And it is this facilitation back and forth where I try to guide them to come to the conclusion on their own with just little, like I call them just like these little nuggets and I'll say something and they'll kind of get there. I just had a really beautiful session last night with a client and I was, I would like probe her a little bit and she would kind of get there and we would, you know, step by step. And this was just one, our weekly session. So to give an example you know, if I have somebody who's saying, you know, I have all of these people in my life that I'm frustrated with, I have to tell them to do this and this person to do this and this person to do this. And we're kind of walking through what all of those relationships look like, you know, then I will say, well, why are you allowing X, Y, and Z? Like what, why are you allowing that to happen in your life? And if a, you know, a client would say, well, I'm afraid of, being controlled again, or I'm afraid of being abused again. So I'm just kind of trying to keep everything in this tight little box. And a lot of times it'll just be this like overwhelming knowing and feeling where I will just know, like, that's not serving you anymore. And, and that maybe is a pattern that came from, you know, for any particular client in your childhood, you really needed to stay safe. And it's not serving you anymore. So how do we find that between spot. And, you know, that's a lot of times they say, they're like, okay, you're right. That's not serving anymore. What do I do about that? So this is the process that we walk through, starting with identifying it. This is the thing that comes up. It's not serving me anymore, but it came from this part of my life that it needed to be created to keep me safe. So when I needed to be safe from the abuse, from the trauma, from the just you know, sometimes it's just childhood. And sometimes our parents are incredible, amazing, awesome parents, but they just don't know how to parent our specific souls. And that's, I see that all the time. That's how, you know, my parents are incredible. That was the case. They just didn't know what I needed because how were they supposed to? So sometimes it's that we create this container to keep ourselves safe. And it does that because we stay alive. It, we're good. We're here now, but it's not needed any longer. And so when it's no longer needed, we have to kind of come in between and say, all right, so this part of me kept me safe then. I'm going to go sit with that. I'm going to tell that little inner child or younger version of myself, thank you. Like give you all of the credit and the gratitude and all of that because you kept me safe and you kept me alive. And this program was so good and so appropriate when it was appropriate. But now I'm a grown up, and now, you know, running my relationships in a way that is just to keep me safe and keep me alive isn't serving me in the way that my adult self needs. So we start with just bringing awareness to it and identifying where that pattern shows up in our lives. And then we, I take them through a process of sitting with that. You know, when you close your eyes and you think of that little version of you that created that specific program to stay safe, you know, where were you? What comes up? What's the first thing that comes up? And I can always feel it where, and I actually get like sweaty and like can physically feel it. Sometimes I feel it in their hearts and in their you know bellies. And I will say, are you having a hard time breathing? Or is your chest heavy? Cause I can feel what they're feeling. And so they'll be like, yeah, I'll be okay. Hand here, hand here. We're going to breathe deep into that multiple times. 
and then just close your eyes and you as adult you let's go sit with that little version of you and just hold them do you need to be held do you need to be thanked do you need to run around and play do you need to take a nap do you like what is it that you need and a lot of times when they start to connect with that inner child version of themselves they realize that it's all that that little us wants is to just be acknowledged is to just say like, hey, I'm still here. I'm still working really hard. I'm running the show. Aren't you so proud of me? And we can just say like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Like you kept me so safe for all these years, but you don't have to anymore. Like I'm the grown up now. I'm going to take care of us. I'm going to parent us. You are safe. And when we go through that process, it's like this falling away. It literally is this like beautiful falling away of these layers. And we're able like, they, they physically describe it as a weight off their shoulders or this breakthrough where now you don't have that lens of everything you in your life. You don't see it through these glasses of, you know, stay safe and trauma and control here and all of that here. Like you're just able to take those layers away. And when you break through that, like that's where so much healing takes place. So that's kind of the process that I take us through. Oh my gosh. Did we have the same client yesterday? <laughs> like that's so wild just how synchronistic this all sounds and I just relate so much even the the clear sentience like sensing that in your body. It's it, I feel like I'm talking to myself. This is <laughs> so funny. Um okay, so that being said and going into that inner child healing and if you could take us as to why that is so important, like, why should we even venture into that? What is the value there? And ultimately, is it something that's like one and done? Is it something that we need to keep coming back to? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, it's definitely not one and done. <laughs> and that's what's so funny about this work is a lot of times people go into it with this, like, I'm going to end in this position and I'm going to be healed and everything's going to be great. And it's not like that. It's a journey um, and it gets easier and it gets more clear. And it, you know, you, you go through the process enough times at some point that you're like, oh, I know what this is. But the importance of it is the way that those, you know, kind of like with your Saturn return, those first, you know, 28 years are so impactful. And really when we're talking inner child, we're talking like zero to 14 max, but all of those years that are so programmed into us, a lot of times is not who we were actually meant to be kind of bringing it back to astrology. Like our souls come in with this very intense purpose of working through specific lessons and guiding us towards specific things. And we have, you know, this, all of these gifts. And so when we come in with this purpose and then we, you know, come into, you know, if you're listening from the U S you come into America and it's all this pain chain and programming surrounding like the media. And, you know, I, like I said, I'm a millennial. So I heard lots of body shaming and all of these things that we hear. And so we have these specific set of things that our, our subconscious gets programmed with. And we, all these beliefs and all these things. And if we experienced pain and then now we have this like thing that connects us where we're like, I don't want to feel that again. So everything in my life I'm going to do to just navigate around feeling pain or feeling shame, or this is the programming that my parents gave me. And what if I go against that? And am I going to be, you know, thrown out to the wolves and all of those things that happen to us then shapes the way that we see the world. And when it shapes the way that we see the world, it causes stress and it causes, you know, all these like blockages, so to speak, that keep us 
back from our true intention. And so if I'm working with a health client and we're doing inner child work, a lot of times it's because they have these areas of their life where there is a physical blockage. You know, one of your chakras, I work with a lot of thyroid patients, a lot of all my clients are women. Um, And so when we have these blockages, let's say in the throat with the thyroid in, you know, in your throat chakra, and you have that, you know, we are able to say, where could you not speak? just to give an example, like where was your voice repressed? And then they were like, oh, when I was a child, you know, my parent was an alcoholic or, you know, my mom was abused by my dad or vice versa or whatever. And I had to stay quiet to be safe, just as an example. And so when they're suppressing their voice and it's suppressed and suppressed because it wasn't safe to do so as a child, that programming carries over now into their adult relationships. And they still, even if they're in a completely healthy relationship or, you know, maybe they're single, but they're still like in a very, you know, healthy friendships and family dynamics and all that, but they're still repressing their voice because that's what our inner child taught us we had to do. We have to unprogram that. So we'll go into those things and say, this is where, you know, you're holding this blockage and, you know, in your throat where you couldn't speak and you couldn't share you know, how do we move through that? And that's where it's so important because all of these things get stored in our bodies. And as they're stored in our bodies, we're now like, we're not able to move through it to be healthy. That's where all of this illness comes from it. Every, my personal belief is that, you know, every illness that we have is just some some form of emotional blockage, whether it is, you know, a repressed, repressed emotions or resentment is a huge one. All of that stuff that stays stuck in our bodies, we have to move that. And most of the time that comes from inner child. It's just programming. It's just a trauma that we experience that now we have to go back in and heal. And the beauty of all of that, this is where I bring it full circle for clients all the time, is when you start to work through that, not only will you be the healthiest version of you, but the way that things will align in your life and manifestations will come through and just the things that you never could have dreamed of start happening and you're like, whoa. And it's just because you're in alignment. All your soul was seeking was, you know, to work through these things that it never wanted. It didn't want all this pain programming nonsense. It just wanted to come in and be its truest expression of self. So when we can go back and do that work, oh my gosh, the way that, the way that it liberates us and the things that happen in the healthiest versions of us and the way our relationships flourish. Um, it's really fun. It's really, really fun. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. Oh my gosh. Isn't it wild how, and I'm sure you can even feel into this in your own way. And I'm sure you already know like where I'm going with it, but how like our trauma stays so trapped in our cells until we do some sort of somatic work or that inner healing. And then we start to release it. And there's such exactly what you said, that liberation that comes with it. It is there is nothing more satisfying than watching somebody. For me, I work with a lot of like sacral chakra um, healing. And so stepping into that personal power and um, basically it's beyond satisfying to watch somebody that has felt so suppressed and so uncomfortable in their skin for so long, start to step into that power do that cellular healing while doing all the practical things that are necessary for transformation. Right. And then seeing them live the life that they've always wanted. It's it's awesome. It's amazing. It's so crazy. And that's what I think is 
sometimes like the missing piece of, of all this work. Like, yes, we, you know, in functional medicine, we can give you all these perfect protocols and like, you know, da, 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 da. But the reason that I started incorporating these hour long calls with my clients was because I was like, there is a deeper need to, to really dive into some of these things. And so, yeah, like nutrition is super important. Like we can't really do that work over here with not good nutrition. And, you know, if your nutrition is off then you're not going to have the energy to do this and all of this, like they really have to come together. But I think in my own healing journey, you know, I did, um, the AIP diet and I did every supplement you could imagine and all these cleanses and detoxes and da, 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 all these things trying to heal my thyroid, nothing actually changed until I started getting to the root of my inner child and my trauma and my stress and learning to handle those things. And then like to be super like upfront and vulnerable right now, I literally just told my husband last night, I was like, I think I have like a baseline of just intense anxiety all the time. He was like, of course you do. And I was like, why is it getting worse? He's like, because you're thinning the veil. Like things are just, you're weeding out all of the other stuff. And so now you're just so much more aware of your baseline state. And when you're so much more aware of it, it's all consuming, but that's where the magic happens. And I was like, I don't want to hear that right now. <laughs> like, please do not talk to me about that. Like, I just need some like intense medication and a nap. <laughs> like I'm tired. <laughs> But that's where I really, I think it's so important. It's where all the, like all the healing truly takes place is getting to that core, those core emotional things. And we do it so slowly. It's so important to not just dive in first, you know, first session with someone and be like, okay, tell me all your trauma, dig in. And, you know, we have to do step-by-step. It takes, it takes time. So my minimum is three months with somebody, but usually it's six to 12 of really, you know, walking people through that. Same, uh, same, same, same. It's so interesting because everybody functions so differently, right? Like they have different capacities for being able to process and digest along with like the daily responsibilities of life. Like I, I talk about it all the time and that I didn't personally get to process everything that I had experienced until I had quit my job and started NSL from home. And I was like, I finally have space and quiet to reflect. And then all of a sudden it came crashing down. So like the first six months of starting my business was actually spent doing massive inner healing. And I think it can be so liberating for people to know, like this stuff comes in waves. It comes in layers. And that doesn't mean that you're doomed to always feel the same way, but it's like, as we're surfing through the seasons of life, having kids, like dealing with finances and, you know, job changes and whatever life throws at you, that you get to learn how to be resilient, how to practice the things that you learn. And then just sitting in what's happening, you know, I think that it's so important that, you know, and it doesn't, I feel like you're probably um, on the same page when I say it's so important to feel what you're experiencing as you're experiencing it. Oh gosh. Yeah. And that's something that's been one of the hardest things for me personally is actually feeling the things like, you know, it's as, as somebody who has a ton of Scorpio in my chart, I really like, I mean, I have a wall up. I don't want to be like, I still, to this day, crying is not something I do regularly. I'm working on it. Um, but it's a, that's a difficult way for me to express emotion, but I feel it. Like, I feel like I have to cry all the time, but I don't actually, um, 
but yeah, it's, it is a difficult thing for me to sit and feel my emotions, which is why, you know, I've done so much of the study that I have because I found all like alternate ways to move those things through my body and to express it for me, it's yoga. Um, yoga for me is like, it is my reprieve. It is, if I show up on a day where I have deep feeling and this is where somatic work comes in, but if I have like deep emotions where I'm really sad, my, I let my yoga practice reflect that. If I'm really angry, I let my yoga practice reflect that. And I move those things through. And that's what I have clients do. I have some clients who are like, I, you know, I want to lift weights and I, somebody who's lifted for five or six years, like I've been there, done that. And like, that works really well. Sometimes it's walking. Sometimes it's Pilates. Sometimes it's just sitting and breathing. Some people love to cry, giving all of those options. You just have to feel it and move it. It doesn't have to be just laying in your bed crying. Like, you know, I think, you know, Instagram gives us this idea sometimes that that's the healing and it is, but it's also like, it's also the movement and it's also the journaling and it's also whatever it is for you. There are options but it's so important. I tell people this all the time. If you're not completing your stress cycle, it's just getting stuck. And if you have a stressor come up, whether it is a real time, like somebody made you mad stressor, or it is a, you know, something from your childhood or long time ago came up. If you're not physically moving that and completing that stress cycle, it's just going to get stuck in your body. So what are we doing to complete that? And that is so, so important. Um, so yeah, feeling the things and sitting in it and moving it and addressing it and not just pushing it to the wayside. Most important, most important part of all of that. Beautiful. Okay. Take us through what you mean in terms of the stress cycle. What is, what does that whole loop look like and how can we ultimately take ourselves through it. You know, you talked about that somatic healing. Um, and I mentioned a little bit about, I use breath work, EFT tapping, and it is, I think it's so important to have a menu for yourself, like as an individual. So take us through what is a stress cycle? Yeah. The stress cycle is something not talked about enough because, and yeah, it's just, it's so underrated, but you let's just say in a real time, you know, stress situation that you are and you're you're in your job and your boss makes you mad and it sends that cortisol through your body. This is super, super common with women. This is why most of us have adrenal fatigue to some degree, which is a whole nother conversation. But the stress happens and it shoots up the adrenaline and cortisol and all the things to put us in that heightened state. And then we're we're in that heightened state for a long time. And, you know, let's just say for basics, we go home and we still, you know, we are still feeling that, or we have the after effects of the adrenaline and cortisol spike. We have to move that in some way to make it very simple. We have to complete that stress cycle or it's just going to stay stuck. And so when you have that, that adrenaline or that cortisol spike, because of the stressor that happens, you physically feel it in your body. And then you just kind of are like, oh, whatever, I'm just going to go on to making dinner and taking care of the kids and getting ready for tomorrow or whatever. And so when you have all of that, but you don't complete it, I think of it literally as like starts here, we have to go all the way around and we have to complete that. So when most people just stop is they're like, oh, I'm just stressed. And it starts to pile. If you're not completing it, it just piles up and that's where it gets stuck in your body. So if you have the thing where your boss makes you really mad and you have the adrenaline spike and you feel it, you know, your stomach bottoms out or you get really hot or sweaty or shaky or whatever, 
then you go all the way through that and you don't have an exact moment of physically moving that, whether it is breath work, tapping, yoga, walking, a, a hard workout, a run. And, you know, it's all these different things that then moves that through your body. And so when I'm encouraging people to do that, I'm like, we have to find a way to feel that, you know, you had that that initial stressor, we feel it in our bodies. Now we have to move it. The best example I give of this is, so you know when dogs, cats too, but we really see it a lot with dogs when they shake after they do something, sometimes when they're wet to get dry. But you know, my dog, when we go out for a walk, he just randomly shakes all the time. He's completing a stress cycle. That's like animals' physical movement. So like our desire to like shake our bodies and move our bodies to process the things, we're suppressing that because we're like, never taught to do it and, or we're weird if we just move or whatever. So that initial, like we have this intuitive gut knowing that we need to move. We have to do that. So one of the things that I pinpoint all the time with clients is you have the stressor. What did you do to complete it? What did you do to move it? And sometimes they're like nothing. And I'm like, okay, we're going to do it right now. Like we're going to breathe right now. We're going to tap right now. We're going to like, after we get out this call, you're going to go for a walk, like whatever it is that we have to do. We have to move it through our bodies or else it gets stuck. This is also really important with past traumas as they come up and you're doing that inner child work and you're feeling into that really deeply. We have to actually physically move that. So I'm always telling my clients too, like, how are we getting up? How are we physically moving that through our bodies? You know, those things. The place where it gets tricky sometimes is if you're in a situation with reoccurring stressors or reoccurring traumas. And so if I have somebody who's in like a toxic relationship or a really toxic job or any of those things, we can move those things over and over again, but ultimately we have to make moves to move those things out of our lives as well. So that's the stress cycle. That's the importance of it. And it makes a huge difference, huge difference. This explains so much. (laughs) And you guys like, why not just give it a shot? If you've had a stressful day, if you had a really hard conversation or somebody just triggered the hell out of you, like go dance. I had a really tough call yesterday to be super candid and honest. And I was like, I I put up very strong energetic boundaries and I'm very particular with my energetic hygiene because I'm like freaking Velcro to this stuff sometimes. And this person was processing some things and I had at one point kind of like opened myself up. I felt that point in me open and a little bit of that leaked in and I took a little bit of that on, but it was enough to like definitely affect me. And I spent probably five songs just dancing my ass off in this room. And my husband comes in, he's like, what you doing? I'm like, I'm dancing. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Been there, done that. Yeah. Yeah. When you're, when you're in this work, you learn very quickly, those energetic boundaries. I, when I was first starting it, I booked myself like three calls back to back to back. And it was during, it was retrograde. It was like I said, what had first started, but it was during retrograde season when all the planets were in retrograde and everybody was going through it. And I didn't give myself enough time between calls and I just opened myself up too much. And I was like down for the count. Like I was down. I, my husband was like, are you okay? And I'm like, I need to walk. Like, let's go outside. Like I have to go for a walk because this is 
Oh my goodness. Yeah. If you're an intuitive person and you let down any of that em empathic energy, whoo, oh my gosh, <laughs> it's, it's hard. Yeah. And being able to have your own tools in that toolbox, whether it's like an Epsom salt bath, you got to go walk, you got to dance, whatever. It's, it's so important. And I mean, a lot of this, from what I'm hearing from you, it's so much about self-awareness and in terms of the emotional work that comes with this. So in terms of that healing process, and let's say somebody's in a very stressful home, let's say they're in a very unhappy marriage or like they live with somebody that's just very, very triggering and creates these reminders, whatever they are, just makes their life harder in that moment, like in that moment when something is up for them and they're you know, feeling this very strong emotion, emotion, how can they process through that or self-regulate? Like, what does that start to look like? Yeah, that's the hardest part about some of this work is when you're in a reoccurring triggering or trauma space of not being able to just say, oh, that was a one and done or that kind of thing. When it's happening over and over again, that's the hardest part. And of course, the obvious answer is be like, leave. And it's not that easy. Like, it's not that simple to just leave. You always have choices. You always have, you know, opportunities. There's a way for everything. But if you're stuck, if you can't quite leave yet, if you can't leave the job or leave the relationship or that kind of thing, how do you do that is a number one question that I get. I would say first things first is that self-awareness is the boundaries for yourself is, you know, what will you allow? What will you not allow? What will you take on really is the name of the game. And so you can have somebody who's super unhealthy projecting at you. You have to get so self-aware and so self-sure. Like you have to know exactly who you are and what's real. So you're not absorbing that. The more that you are confident in who you are, the more that you have that self-worth built up, you won't take on other people's stuff. You'll be able to say, not mine. That one's not mine. <laughs> like, no, thank you. And you can push that away in a, in a way that creates a boundary without triggering the other person to come at you even harder. But that takes the work of self-awareness. Like you said, that's the name of the game. I truly believe that the more self-awareness that you have, the more that you're radically honest with yourself and the more that you can take radical responsibility for the things that are yours, the more that you won't absorb other people's stuff. You can look at somebody who is projecting at you or gaslighting you and, and just say, that's not mine. Like, I am so sure of me that that's not mine. And you can create that boundary for me. It, I can physically feel it. Like I describe it as like this gap, this gap between me and the other person, this gap between me and the reaction where I take a breath and I'm just able to separate out that's not, that one's not mine. And also being radically honest with when it is yours. And when you have those two things kind of battling each other, you know, we are, we're in this society where it's, you know, you're a lot of people either take all the responsibility for everything. I have been there. I'm still working through that. It's all my fault sort of ideas that comes from childhood trauma. If I take all the responsibility, then I can keep me safe because it's, you know, mine to deal with or people who completely deflect and they say, none of it's mine. And so you have to find the middle ground of being aware of when it is yours to take on and it's yours to take responsibility for. And when you can look at the other person and just be like, they 
are not in the same space that I'm at and I'm not going to take that one on. But that's a process. And that's why I think it's so, so, so important to work with somebody who can be a third party to reflect those things back to you. Whether it is a life or health coach, whether it's a therapist, whether it's both, you know, all of the things of somebody who can say, I'm not really thinking that one's yours because here's where you have the self-awareness. Here's where you've made the changes. Here's what you've owned. Don't forget that you don't have to own it all because sometimes a lot of times it's other people like that are in those healthy things that are projecting that at you. And that will also super speed when you start doing the work, when you start working on yourself and, you know, processing your stuff and you're healing and you're taking responsibility for what's yours and, you know, not on the other end of it, it's going to trigger all of the people around you a hundred percent. And they're either going to step up and they're going to follow suit and they're going to do the work and it's going to be healthy or not. Um, I know we're kind of getting close on time, but I want to like share like a really cool story about this. It might be super expansive for some people, but my husband and I first got into our relationship. Um, we were, I mean, I was literally off the heels of my marriage. He was off the heels of another long-term relationship. Um, we were a mess, (laughs) a mess, but we came in very blinded by our just complete attraction to each other, draw to each other, very much a soul connection that we have. But in those soul connections also come all the triggers, all the pain, like this, like idea that like, you're going to be drawn to somebody and it's going to be beautiful and it's going to be easy. And like, all of that is BS. Um, we came in and it was great until we started triggering each other. And then it was chaos. And I mean, chaos, like by all accounts. And I'm always, I'm pretty candid about this when I talk about it, but like, I should not have stayed with him. Like it was a mess, but now no physical abuse or anything like that, but we were toxic. I always say like, we went from toxic to Tantra. (laughs) Like it was toxic to Tantra through and through, but it took years, like multiple years of us doing the individual work, staying together, breaking up, like all of the back and forth nonsense of doing this individual work to get to the place where we were able to Thank you so much for joining me today on the Never Set Alive podcast. I would love to have your rating and review. So let me know how you liked it. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend and someone that would enjoy it as well. Let me know what you would want to hear more of. Send me a comment in my latest Instagram post at Never Settle Life on Instagram. Until next time, I'm Coach Kim. I'll talk to you soon. Have you ever felt like there's something inside of you and and it just knows, it knows where you're going and you're so busy doubting yourself and you're so busy being afraid